terrible scenes in the Brazilian capital over the summer break on January the 8th. Thousands of supporters of Bolsonaro, the so-called Trump of the tropics, stormed government buildings in Brasilia, demanding their um, leaders' reinstatement in scenes, of course, that echo what happened on January the 6th in Washington. Now, the Brazilian insurrection came just a week after the inauguration of Lula da Silva, a veteran leftist who uh, defeated Bolsonaro in a runoff election in October. The Economist's Brazil correspondent is Sarah Maslin, and we spoke to Sarah on the eve of the election. Welcome back. What transpired on that day, January the 8th, Sarah? Hi, it's it's really good to be back. So, I mean, as an American, it was it was sort of eerie the similarities between what happened in Brazil on January eighth and what happened in the U.S. on January sixth, uh, two years ago. I mean, in Brazil's case, you know, you had a lot of things that were similar. You had this massive, angry group of people smashing windows and and you know jumping up on the Senate's, uh, you know, uh, uh, using the Senate's table like a slide uh, in a real sort of disrespect for these government buildings. Out of the angriness, uh, the anger at you know at, at at Congress and at especially the Supreme Court. But I think the thing that you know that we have to look at that was very different from what happened in the U.S. is the role of the security forces here in Brazil. It was um, you know really quite surprising that the police didn't stop these um, the these protesters. And indeed, some police officers even, you know, walked alongside them as they were headed to the the center of government, were seen taking, you know, selfies with them. And so that were, was the main set of questions after this happened is, you know, why didn't the police step in earlier? And, and really, what can be done going forward for, for Lula, Lula to try to sort of crack down on these uh, Bolsonaro-supporting elements within the police and the army? I understand that uh, since uh, Lula's election, Bolsonaro supporters have been camping outside military barracks demanding a coup. Is that likely? Well, that, that's right, yeah, and I, I spent some time with them uh, back in December and then on the day of Lula's inauguration, and, and these are people living in a very different reality. They honestly believe that the election was fraudulent, that Bolsonaro really won, and that you know, they're never going to accept Lula as president. So I don't think there's going to be a coup. I mean, they really went to extremes to ask for a coup, even when Bolsonaro himself had left Brazil, was on vacation in Orlando, Florida, and, you know, was saying kind of vague things on Twitter, but but not openly going out and, and calling for, uh, you know, violence the way that Trump did. His supporters, however, were, you know, were insistent. So I think, you know, there's not going to be a coup, but they could con- continue to wreak real havoc uh, for this government going forward. Like Trump, Bolsonaro was slow to condemn the violence, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He um, he finally stepped in, you know, late in the evening and said something to effect of, you know, this isn't the way that, that you know, my supporters should protest or that anyone should protest. But, you know, a lot of people kind of rolled their eyes at that uh, 
that response because Bolsonaro has yet to recognize Lula's victory. And he has, you know, been saying kind of vague things ever, ever since the election that his supporters interpret as support for their, for their protests. Well, he did post a video to Twitter on January the 10th questioning the election result. I understand that it was uh, later deleted. That's right. Yeah, he deleted it pretty quickly. And that's fairly characteristic for Bolsonaro. You know, one day he'll come out and say something that sort of sounds like maybe a little bit of a concession and talks about, well, thank you. You know, I'm honored to have been president, which sounds like he's sort of seeing this era as something in the past. But then the next day he you know, will say something that, that does seem more like he's questioning the election result. And, and that is more than enough for this group of supporters who are who are staunchly certain that the election was fake and that, you know, they're being censored by the Supreme Court and that the solution is in some kind of a, an insurrection or a coup to, to reinstate Bolsonaro and get rid of Lula. Now, Lula's response thus far, I understand he's uh, sacked the head of the uh, Brazilian army. That's right. Yeah. And Lula has to walk this very difficult fine line uh, because there are, you know, elements of the the police and of the army who are openly Bolsonarista. And that's, you know, for lots of reasons, Bolsonaro himself is a former army captain and he threw kind of, you know, perks and benefits at the army and the police while he was president. So they, you know, they really like him for both practical and ideological reasons. Um, But Lula, you know, Lula has to really send a message that, um, that supporting, you know, that this kind of uh, ideological kinship cannot affect the way that the army and the police uh, acts on the ground the way that it seems to on on January 8th. And so he got rid of the army commander. He said that he'd lost faith in the army. He's sort of directed now um, governors to try to, um, you know, so uh, get get the elements of the police that, you know, that are, are untrustworthy and Bolsonarista out of the forces. But that's going to be a lot uh, harder said than done. And he also has to be careful not to go too far, which could, you know, end up legitimizing the, 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 the cries of his um, but she's but she's gone pretty far, as well as the army chief. She's dismissed at least eighty military officers, calling them complicit. Yeah, yeah, he has, um, and you know, I I think you know he started with this group of 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 officers who are responsible for guarding the the presidential palace, um, which you know, which I think is a pretty symbolic place to, you know, to have had a, a force that he says was uh, was slow to respond. However, he didn't, I mean, just to clarify, he didn't fire them completely. He just dismissed them from their, from their specific posts. So they're going off to do other things. And he's, you know, he's uh, saying he wants a new crop of, of, of guards who weren't the same ones who were there during Bolsonaro's term. Now, Brasilia's governor has been suspended for 90 days. Yep. That's right. And in this case, this was a, a Supreme Court justice who who suspended him, um, basically saying that uh, there was a security plan, apparently, that was agreed upon the day before these protests. The, these protests were pretty open. They were known by everyone. They were being organized on social media. And so, you know, there were intelligence plans that they might get violent and a security plan was even drawn up. But, you know, somehow it seems that that plan was not carried out. 
And so real scrutiny has gone to the security secretary, to the head of the police and to this governor who was indeed suspended by by the Supreme Court for for 90 days while he's being investigated. Indeed, accused of, and I quote, omission and connivance. And a federal prosecutor has opened an investigation as what he referred to as complete inaction by police commanders. Yep, that's right. I mean, there are so many investigations that have been opened. You've got, I mean, you've got the one you mentioned, you've got a bunch of different investigations that are now into this group of supporters and, and their, you know, their, their financers who, who paid for these, uh, these protests, who paid for more than, uh, 40 buses that were, you know, loaded up with protesters and, and sent them into the middle of the government city. Who was funding this encampment ever since the day after the election that had, you know, three meals a day, that had tents, that had all sorts of, uh, you know, infrastructure. And so I think that's, you know, that's going to start to come out in the months to come. But Lots there's also there's also an investigation into the use of crowdfunding, which may explain that cash flow. Indeed. Yep. I think, I mean, I think we'll see uh, just as we did in the U.S. that a lot of information does kind of come to light going forward. I think, uh, you know, a bigger question that a lot of people are asking is, you know, what was Bolsonaro's role in all of this? You know, was was he just sort of legitimizing it in his speech or, you know, is there something more? I think that that's, you know, that's trickier. Um, there, there, there was an investigation opened against uh, Bolsonaro himself, and there was kind of some murmurs about, well, could he be extradited from the U.S.? I think that's probably pretty unlikely um, for all sorts of sort of diplomatic and political reasons. Uh, but what I, a, you know, I what a headache! Sort of... What a headache he's proving to <laughs> Biden. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. No, I know it. I mean, anyone who sort of had wishful thinking that Bolsonaro would uh, kind of fade after Lula won the election is absolutely ridiculous. Bolsonaro is going to continue to be, you know, a very important, if not the most important kind of opposition figure going forward. Going back to the uh, issue of money, Bolsonaro's presidency was generously supported by some of Brazil's richest and most powerful business and agricultural magnates. What have they had to say about the violence, Sarah? Well, look, I mean, I think when you're when you're talking about the business community in Brazil and especially the agro community, you've got to sort of separate uh, different elements. You've got this kind of small core group of of uh, of agro in especially in sort of the Amazon and what they call the, the frontier of deforestation. This is a sort of a Wild West like place where people really liked Bolsonaro because he, you know, he supported gun rights. He he spoke out against the need to not mark any more indigenous territories. Um, and, and he, you know, he also supported kind of, uh, development over protection for the forest. But I think that, you know, the, the majority of Brazilian, um, farmers and, and, and businessmen in general are very practical. And so, you know, they, they recognize that Lula is president. They see the government as, you know, as, as something that they need to get along with, uh, you know, particularly because Brazil gives lots of subsidies to all sorts of businesses. And so I think that they're going to, you know, they're going to um, be open to dialogue and partnership with the government if, you know, if the government tries to win them over. Talking about uh, the pressures on Indigenous people, it's great to see that Brazil has its first ever minister for Indigenous peoples. 
That's right. There's um, the first indigenous ministry and that uh, the minister of that ministry is indigenous herself. Can you tell us a little bit about it? And try and, you know, clean up some of the, the really quite scary things that are that are going on in indigenous territories, uh, you know, illegal mining, health crises and so on. Okay, I just want to go back to Florida with Bolsonaro. Did he did he have a genuine health crisis or was that feigned? Wow, you're really out of my expertise here. Um, you know, as a journalist, I think the information that we got is that he did indeed go to a hospital to have uh, his abdomen looked at. Um, we have to remember that in 2018, a, a huge moment of the campaign was when he got stabbed in the middle of a, a riot um, and or, sorry, in the middle of a, of a rally for him. And that this is, you know, continued to be a health problem ever since and also gave him, you know, a bit of this kind of uh, you know, supports this sort of idea of him as this larger than life figure and the savior for, for Brazil. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I can't tell you what really went on in in the past couple of weeks and, and what his doctor said in the hospital, but, but he has had health problems ever since. Now, Brazil's democracy is so young and so fragile. How the hell does Lula navigate a way forward? You're right. And I think you know, it is really important to remember that uh, not too many decades ago, Brazil was ruled by the military and its democracy is is still young and its institutions have proved pretty strong. You know, they've they've survived Bolsonaro's presidency. They've survived this insurrection, but they they're really under strain. And I think, you know, Lula going forward is going to have to try, if not to unite the country completely, because he's really never going to win over this group of staunch Bolsonaro supporters. He has to do his very best to at least bring some elements of stability. And there, the goal is really to, you know, to to boost the economy. Lula talks all the time about ending poverty and and uh, combating inequality. This is this is really his his main thing. Um, and and so I think we can expect to see in the coming months some uh, big economic reforms, both to kind of try to get the the fiscal situation back on track, but also to start to address. Um, you know, the consequences of the pandemic and, and the war from Ukraine and, and rising hunger and poverty in Brazil. That's what Lula is going to focus on. And, you know, that's going to at least go some way toward uh, restoring stability here. Well, stability needs to be restored. I'm just looking at a recent poll which has uh, almost 40 percent of respond- uh, respondents believing that Bolsonaro won. 76% disapproved of the invasion, but 18% approved, and a terrifying 37% said they would support a military coup to overturn Lula's electoral victory. We've been talking to The Economist's Brazil correspondent, Sarah Maslin in Sao Paulo, and I thank you very much for your time. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations, live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.